All right, guys, it is game week here in San Marcos, Texas. And I'm not just talking Texas State football. We've got football all around the country. Texas, of course, some high school football has already started. I was it's watching here. I was watching a game in Alabama, for an Alabama high school football game recently. I was like, man, I'm so ready for football to be back. Well, it is back. We've got Texas State football Saturday against Rutgers. We've got San Marcos. We've got Gonzalez. we got the voice of, the, of Gonzalez and the voice of Blanco in here. We're going to break all of that down today. It's going to be a great show. Welcome to Texas State Spit Talk. I am Reed Graff, uh, one of the assistant sports directors here. To my left, we're going to go around the table real quick, see how you guys are doing, and see how excited you guys are. To my left, I'm, I'm going to get super hyped with these introductions. The play-by-play voice, the voice of the San Marcos Rattlers, Brendan Snow. Brendan, how you doing? I was looking for a little WWE entrance right there. I thought I was going to hear some cheers in the background. Some, 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 some light going to come on. I'll have copyright music. <laughs> Straight across I'll from me. The Undertaker song. The Undertaker. That's what you want? That's what you want? I'll take, I'll take, uh, I'll take Booker T's. Can you dig it? Hey. <laughs> that was the voice of Gonzalez High School football. Mark Brown doing them doing play-by-play along by one of our other guys. Alexander Haynes also works here at KDSW. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for asking. Glad to have you here, and Peyton, welcome to the show, voice of Blanco Hello. High School. You I'm know who the back. former voice of Blanco High School was? This man, Riley. Riley Chestnut. Mm-hmm. And Adam Byerly. And Adam, of course, can't forget about Adam. Uh, you have a color guy as well. I don't I do. know his name. Nobody knows. This is a mysterious color guy. He's an anonymous color guy. Anonymous color. It's like, uh, you know, the question mark uh, suckers. You, just w- you whip it open and it's white. <laughs> you don't know what it is. But it's going to taste colorful, though. So. Uh, oh, it's the mystery flavor? Is that it's, a, it's that mystery flavor, yeah. <laughs> um, no, his name's George. He's cool. He's uh, He looks like a leprechaun. Um, <laughs> it's about all I got for him. If you, if you want to come see us, uh, we're having our game. Friday at 7.15 in Lago Vista at Lago Vista High School. The Panthers are taking on the Vikings. Ooh, so the Vikings. Or, you, or you could listen to me. Is Kirk Cousins their quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> that went right over your head. <laughs> uh, I was just so astonished. I was like, man, he, could, he, he really probably could say be. That? Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho, let's get dive into this real quick. Yeah, for sure. Well, the first thing we're going to talk about, of course, Texas State football. Uh, it is game work where we are all ready to see what these – this new hyped-up Texas State football is going to look like. Um, they released the depth charts yesterday, which is a little late, to be honest, but we're not going to get into that. But we did get the depth charts for their game against Rutgers. We have both the Rutgers and the Texas State Bobcats too deep. Um, we're going to break down that game, and we're going to give you a really close look at the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. But before we do that, of course, I want to go through a lot of uh, a very interesting depth chart, guys. Um, we know Willie Jones III is a starting quarterback, 6'3", 190 out of Silsby. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people predicted he was going to be the quarterback. This is our first podcast since he was named quarterback. I did forgot to mention that. Definitely one of the key players. We're going to get into key players here in a minute. We did discuss that we all knew he was going to be the quarterback. More than likely. But you know how the coaches, well, it's definitely a close race, so it's some such. But One point race. Our, our man Willie was there on media day. He was definitely starting. Yeah, uh, and the interesting thing to me, and the thing I want to start with, is how they didn't name a backup. They just said Jalen Gibson or Tyler Vitt. Like they did. It's like he told the media they feeling fresh. I mean, I had an moment. idea it would have been Jalen Gibson. I mean, it was pretty obvious to me that he was going to be second string. Yeah, I think Tyler Vitt, from what from what we've heard, is he he has all the ability. He just hasn't quite mastered playing the position yet. I think sometimes his reads just aren't quite where they need to be. Uh, whereas Willie Jones has experience playing Division One football, so. Uh, it was a pretty clear clear spot for that. Uh, looking at the depth chart, guys, some things that stand out to me, David Takji, 
the transfer is starting at right guard. I didn't hadn't heard anything about him. Uh, Josiah Washington's the backup at both left tackle and left guard. Uh, Aaron Brewer, who we all know is the best offensive lineman, maybe even the Sun Belt, is starting at left tackle. Very good. Even though he's really more of a center guard, but when you have a guy that good and that's the most important position on the offensive line, it doesn't surprise me you play him there. You 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 switch him to help your other players for sure so yeah yeah so if, that, if that's the weakest point on the line you're sticking him there it's like a he's like uh, duct tape yeah i like him at that uh, left tackle spot uh, protecting the blind spot for willie jones most important mm-hmm. spot you yeah. would like you would argue highest uh, paid also <laughs> for sure <laughs> little fact uh jacob Rowland starting at right tackle kind of saw that coming reese jordan starting at center he played a lot there as a true freshman um Guys, some of the things that really kind of surprised me, Craig Lemons is this backup at center. A guy we haven't heard a ton about. Um, but he was a pretty good recruit coming out of high school. He's a three-star guy. I don't know if you've ever seen his picture on the Texas State football uh, website. Dude looks scary. He's terrifying. Yeah, he came from <laughs> yeah. town, so. You know him. Yeah. Yeah, he is a uh, terrifying-looking dude. Um, some other things that stand out to me, just we're looking at offense right now. Caleb Twyford, a transferred – not a transfer. He was a former wide receiver – transferred to a running, running back, back now i did not see that coming at all well at media day what they were talking about twyford is he just has bounce he has electricity at that position uh and he's got a decent build five he's taller than the starter anthony taylor 511 i mean i fully expect him to be you know the receiving back the uh you, you know no change one of pace. The, the darren sproles because he's you know he's a big guy but that's what he is he's the receiver he's the electric guy to, when he's on the field the the defense has to know yeah, hey we gotta keep an eye on him I, th- I feel like they're using for play action most of the time because, like, if he's only weighing 175 at running back and he's 5'11", so. And the fact yeah. that he came from receiver, so I feel like they're going to use him at play action, a bunch of fakes. Some screens. Yeah, a lot of screens, all those. And, of course, uh, one other thing before we get just go th- run through the defensive depth chart real quick. Something I bet you a lot of you listeners don't know because we didn't know it until a week ago. Mark, you played at Oklahoma State, so you're very familiar with – the guy who won the starting tight end job, formerly wearing, what was he wearing, number six? Yeah, he And was. now he's changed his number to number 49. Uh, Keenan Brown mm-hmm. is won the starting tight end job. What are your thoughts on that, Mark? Well, it doesn't really surprise me, given that he's came from a Big 12 winning team, and uh, he has a lot of accolades behind his back at Oklahoma State. As a cowboy back, which is half fullback, half tight end, it's like a mm-hmm. position they made up, invented for their offense, which does not really exist here. But anyway – it doesn't surprise me because, like, he has, he has the ability to make up for it. Change and and, he, and the thing about him is, coming out of high school, he was a top top recruited wide receiver. So oh, that shows good. that he has all the talent to be a playmaker at that position. Uh, but before we get to defense, something that interests me. Uh, Kev uh, Chardillo was talking about it on Twitter, and he put out the depth chart and his uh, thoughts on it. He said the average weight of the starting offensive line right now is 296, much bigger than last year. And I heard even reports kind of under that saying they think that's lowballing it. Some guys think it's closer to 305 wow. for the average weight of the offensive the line. Average weight. Arkansas would be proud. 305. Goodness. So Withers got in there, built Talk him some men. We're looking out. We're looking league. like Nebraska. Out well, then, and you even you get to the and, the, and even the height, but the, not even just the, the weight, the height. Uh, I mean, Aaron Brewer and Reese Jordan are the two smallest guys in the starting O-line at 6'3". Right tackle Jacob Rowland is 6'5", 290. The backup, who's considered the backup at left tackle and left guard, Josiah Washington, is 6'6", 305. That is hmm. Tate Heitmeyer, who I thought was going to be the left tackle, is starting at left guard, 6'3", 330. The, f- the freshman, Ooh. the biggest one of all of them, 330. 330, yeah. redshirt red red freshman, so he'll make some yeah. noise. And one more guy I want to mention because it's kind of a cool story before we move on. 
to the defense. Kelton Powell is listed as the number two behind Jeremiah Hadel. If you don't know who Kelton Powell is, you're not alone. Uh, out of all the noise we heard coming out of camp with wide receivers, Javen Banks was names we heard, Jacoby Hopkins, Jamari Sharid. We didn't hear anything about Kelton Powell, but Kelton Powell is a transfer from Lehman High School. The Lehman Lobo is just up the road. Also a senior. He is a senior this year, but he's a former walk-on. Mm-hmm. Interesting story, and I, and one of the things that uh, a lot of people have pointed out is like you just don't he, you ne- you've heard you didn't hear about the guy, but I mean six foot one eighty earning that spot getting some playing time that's a pretty cool story. Probably got some hands. And on the other side of the field on defense, there's a guy that's a wa- former walk-on that's a team captain. Absolutely, you have AJ Krozik starting at the safety position. Uh, backing him up will be former three-star recruit Josh Newman. A bigger tie, a bigger safety at six foot two hundred. The other safety spot is Deshaun Waddy. Backing him up is sophomore out of Kerrville Tyvee. Uh, Parker Ray would be proud. Preston Demery, uh, another highly recruited safety, about two three stars. Cornerback position. There's some interesting guys. Of course, Anthony J. Taylor's the number one guy, uh, as we kind of expected him to be. Uh, he's a he's a three. This will be his third year as a starter now. Cordell Rogers, who was a safety last year, is the other starting corner. Dennis Johnson Jr. that we mentioned. Uh, multiple times. Multiple times. He's a former very, wide receiver. He's moving to cornerback, and <laughs> I'm looking at this guy. He's a big guy, also. That's yeah. what I was about to get at. <laughs> if you look at, he's like the backup for. He's re- he's listed behind Anthony J. Taylor. Anthony Taylor is five eight. Dennis Johnson six four. Big difference. That's a pretty big difference. <laughs> Huge difference. Of course, Alvin Pacheco, the former junior college player, is the other for the fourth corner. So that linebacking core, the only guy that surprised me. I mean, you have of course. The, the, the names you're going to hear, Hal Vincent, Brian London, Nicholas Daniels, and Frankie Griffin. Uh, the guys that respond, that surprised me a little bit, uh, Binky Coleman getting that, that backup spot for Daniels. Uh, he's a three-star, two-star guy, second year here at Texas State, interesting guy there. Uh, and then John Brandon is a really talented linebacker. If it weren't for how good our team would be, our team is, he would probably be the starter, or if not up there. Um, so he's a talented guy. Uh, Kavion Patton gets the start at the defensive tackle spot. Dean Taylor gets the start at the um, nose. And he's a guy that I think is going to be a monster. Six foot five, 280. Did y'all see that picture of him on Twitter? His transformation from a freshman to a, to a junior now? I did. Yeah, see that, that. Looked that, un- that looked unrealistic right there. That was. <laughs> that's just amazing. Jump. I wish that would have happened to me. He looked like a tight end coming out. I and mean, he looked like a little wide, wide receiver tight end. And yeah. now he's. I mean, he's 6'5", 280. He's yeah, it looked beast. like the coaches gave him the super soldier serum. <laughs> it kind of did. Defensive ends, Ishmael Davis, of course, the, the senior now. And his he has two more years of eligibility because he was granted an extra year. Uh, and then Kamande Hines, who, who's made some noise at camp. So uh, interesting interesting pairing, interesting crew there. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts overall on the depth chart? Who surprises y'all? Who are y'all excited to see in spots? What do y'all think? First, I think that front seven – it's deep. Has some depth. It really is. Yeah. Last year, you know, Ish Davis goes down. We lose Jordan Mitty to transfer, and we kind of think, you know, defensive line, front seven is supposed to be our strong point. Looks like it's going to take a step back. All of a sudden, these guys start stepping up, and you have, you know, de- depth of the nose tackle with Dean Taylor, you know, kind of taking it from Samuel Wad, Savion Patton, and Jacquel Pierce both had a lot of action last year. Really excited about that. And then, of course, Brian London leading it all in the middle at that linebacker spot. My oh, boy. Oh, what, over 200 tackles, I believe, in two mm. seasons. He's He's a beast out there, so he's going to make things happen, lead the charge, and that's where I think – I was going to talk about it later in the uh, keys of the game, but I think the run defense with the Bobcats is going to be, you know, I don't want to say stellar, but it's going to be pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, you guys, what are y'all's thoughts? Well, I believe uh, I got high hopes in Dennis Johnson Jr. I hope he makes some noise this season. 
He's a he'll be a fun guy to watch. Yeah, he sure is. Uh, I mean. That big of a guy who has receiver experience, do you think maybe go up and get a pick every once in a while? So. Oh, he sure would. He's one of the fastest players on the team with a sub four four forty. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so before we get on to the actual preview, oh, wait, I want to go. Peyton, you have some thoughts? Yeah, I got some thoughts. Let me give me uh, hear your thoughts, buddy. I mean, I know we've said this a lot, and I I've known that it's that everybody you know is just wondering, but I think we're gonna see a different. Willie Jones this year. You think so? And uh, define different. Define different. Uh, last year, he just looked scared. He played a little bit scared. And granted, he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. And that the, those jitters happen. And especially in football, I of course, I wouldn't know because, yes, I didn't play football necessarily. I played other things. But your first your first whole year, the whole year is nerve-wracking. It, like every single time you, go, you get on that bus or fly – I didn't do that. But uh, in college, you get to fly, and every time you do that, there's something going through your head, and it's butterflies. It's that nerve-wracking feeling. But this year, he, he's got all those jitters out. He's going to be good. I think he's going to stay in the pocket a lot more. He needs to. But I think he's actually going to take that his running game to a different level. Yeah, we'll definitely need that. Mm-hmm. If I say touch more on just Boy Jones at quarterback. Kind of agree. Last year, he kind of played the position just as an athlete. That's what he. Mm-hmm. That's what he's sure. kind of seen as. Now he takes a year, and, and you know, maybe taking a you know a lot of a back seat to Damian Williams because you know he heard the words you know oh SEC transfer quarterback Mississippi State this and that, so he's taking a back seat to him. Probably try to learn a little bit. Maybe picks up some leadership things out of it. So he is I'm, the leader that, now. Exactly. I mean, so I think he's going to take the leadership role. When I remember in the spring game, what impressed me the most was how much he stayed in the pocket. He wasn't just you know dropping it and running. So I think. He's going to, you know, look to throw first, look to run second, unless, you know, it's a designed running play. So I'm really excited to see him at quarterbacks. I think it's going to be, you know, last year our passing game, what, the first eight games was abysmal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, and then they let mm-hmm. Damian Williams. I was never a Williams fan. And then they let Damian Williams let it loose the last four games, throwing over 30 times a couple of times. I think, you know, early in the season we'll see Willie Jones throwing the ball a lot more. I hope so. Uh, he's an exciting guy, and I think uh, if, if there's anything Texas State fans need right now is exciting players. Get the excitement Exciting back. Plays Ex- get a, ex- just big plays. Yeah. Get them back in the stands. Um, maybe the jerseys will do that. I don't know if y'all saw the jerseys. Uh, it is gonna look the jerseys great. Nice. Yeah, it is. They, they shine in gold. Of course, the we are on the road, um, but so it is a road game for the Bobcats. They're in uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. It's a long ways away. Holy cow! They're wearing yeah. the white pants with the gold jersey with the maroon trimming. So fresh uh, and so clean, clean. White cleats, white helmet with some uh, the gold down the middle, brown stripes around that, and the gold bobcat. Uh, we've seen them wear this before. I think it's one of their cleaner looks. What do you guys think? I like they're all white, but I actually haven't seen this one before. Uh, I may have just been absent that game, may have been sick, may have been at the tailgate too long. Who knows? But these jerseys are my new favorite. They're clean. I They're mean, super good. I, no, I like it. Uh, you, feel, uh, you, you look uh, good, you play good. So that's You look good, play good, play confidence. good, feel good, feel good. Play good? What's the next one? <laughs> Bobcats and six. Bobcats and six. <laughs> <laughs> and I, really agree with Peyton. I do agree with Peyton with uh, Willie Jones becoming a better player because according to Coach Withers, he's evolved since last season as a as He's a in his final and transformation. And yeah, you need that, and hopefully he will uh, look like a Pokemon evolving to the next level in these Yo, or jerseys. Or maybe going Super Saiyan. One of those Super two. Saiyan, yeah, for uh, Brenda. Some nerds in here if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I really like the uh, on the helmet, just the gold Supercat logo. Because well, the thing is, it's not just a small logo on the side. It's a big logo. It kind of takes up you know almost half the helmet on that uh, right side of it. 
I just think that looks clean. Adds a little, ref- you know, a little reflection to it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's bright out there, maybe we blind the opponent with it. Yeah, it looks like a clutch. Um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make a <laughs> statement with our teammates. helmets. While we're making a statement with our play. Let's go ahead and dive into the matchup, guys. Texas State Bobcats take on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. This game is going to be Saturday at 11 o'clock, so make sure you're tuned in. You can hear that game right here on KTSW over the radio waves, and I'm not sure where it is streaming, probably ESPN Plus because we signed that big deal. Other than that, I'm not really sure. I'd have to look into that. But um, before we really – I want to get you guys' predictions. You can always go on Reddit. And what you guys think is going to happen. But – we're going to start off with looking at some of the players we're going to see in this game from the Scarlet Knights, and I don't think you can start anywhere. Of course, when you talk Texas State football, the biggest question is the quarterback position. We're going to start there with Rutgers because, of course, uh, outside of the whole credit card scandal, the biggest news coming out of camp is true freshman Arthur Sitkowski is starting a quarterback. He's a former three-star recruit, pretty big guy, uh, has a big arm. But he's still a true freshman, and we just we just talked a couple minutes ago about how being a true freshman can give you some jitters. He doesn't even have a picture on Google. <laughs> well, how about? Yeah, I guess like they're just going to use him. He's to a fill real true in, freshman. You know? The uh, he's the first t- true freshman starting for Rutgers since two thousand and one. It's been a long time. Wow. Whoa, <laughs> that's seventeen years. Good yeah. Years. A little bit of background on Sitkowski. He's he stands at six five two fifteen. He he is from Old Bridge, New Jersey, so he's kind of back home. Uh, the interesting thing about him, though, guys, he played at IMG Academy in Florida. Uh, the last quarterback to come out of IMG Academy was just named starting quarterback for the Texas A&M Aggies, Kellen Mond. So this is a school that produces some pretty top-tier talent. Um, I think there's one or two IMG products on the Bobcats roster as well. Um, so that does show that he's coming from a system that breeds – I don't want to say breeds. That's a little weird. Whoa. Uh, produces <laughs> some top-tier college talent. So he has seen – big games at that school. Um, it'll be an interesting one, though. I think the Bobcats might have the pass rush in the defense to get to him. Uh, I think a, you mentioned how the run defense for the Bobcats is going to be improved. I think it's big in this game because what Rutgers is going to want to do is they're going to want to run the ball early and get their running game set so that they can take the pressure off of their young quarterback. And if the Bobcats are able to neutralize that and make it to where they can't run the ball effectively, they might be able to put more pressure on the young quarterback. Yeah, Reed, you want, I, I'm going to give you something at a little wild right here that you would not expect. Do you know how many yards the uh, Scarlet Knights threw for last year as, as a team? How many? As a team, they threw for 1,387 yards. Ouch. Seven touchdowns, 11 picks. They don't throw the football. And when they do, it doesn't go well. They're all muscle. That's so, how the Big Ten is. <laughs> so they lost a starting quarterback. The the two other quarterbacks on the roster, they were there last year, uh, but they were serving as a backup because the freshman, uh, Satowski, won the spot. But they're a run-first team. That's what they like to do. They want to run the ball. Uh, so that's why you know, kind of highlighted Texas State's front seven and Brian London. They have to shut down that run, and they have to force the freshman quarterback to make plays. Because like you said, uh, Coach Ash over there, he's going to try to make it easy for his freshman quarterback, you know, get him some, some handoffs, get him some play action, get him some rollouts, get him some easy throws, get him flowing in the game. And Texas State's got to apply the pressure and you know, try to make him make mistakes. Absolutely, and uh, one thing I do notice, though, when I look at this Rutgers team, uh, you did mention how they're gonna, they were going to try and run the ball. That's going to be what they do. You have to mention that their O-line has some experience. I mean, there's uh, three redshirt sophomores, a senior. Uh, so this is a group that has been around for a little while, but to counter that, the Bobcats have a pretty experienced defensive line. Uh, you have some guys, Savion Patton, saw a lot of playing time last year. Dean Taylor's now in his third year here. 
clearly has developed pretty well considering how big he is. Um, so you definitely and have to keep that in mind. 305 pounds. Yeah, you can ask Riley uh, how much uh, Dean Taylor improved. How much, he, uh, how much weight he's gained is pretty funny. Yeah, we'll just ask him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't, you, oh, yeah, that was their immediate no, days. Uh, Peyton was with us. <laughs> so Riley just kept uh, overemphasizing it. Kept talking about how big Dean Taylor's yeah, gotten. Yeah, he, he kept saying, good God, you're physically imposing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so quick look at the guy who's going to get the bulk of the carries for the – uh, Scarlet Knights. It's going to be Rah- Rah- Raheem Blackshear, a sophomore, soph- sophomore, sophomore, so- sophomore out of uh, Warminster, Pennsylvania. He played in eleven games last year. He was an honorable mention to the Big Ten All Freshman Team. Wow. Uh, he he ran for two hundred and thirty eight yards on thirty nine carries. So not a huge uh, season uh, coming out of college. He was a pretty big three star prospect, second overall running back in Pennsylvania. This is Pennsylvania, so. You know, the, the competition to be the top isn't exactly top it's tier. Not, it's no Texas here, okay? Well, he's not, he's not a bad uh, receiver out of the backfield. He caught seven passes for 133 yards last year, Ooh. about 19 yards per catch. We're looking at Alvin Kamara right here? Or yeah, what? Two, uh, two, touch, like two touchdowns that way, Interesting. including, you know, his three touchdowns on the ground. Granted, you know, he's not the best, most experienced back, but it looks like they like they like him, they like his explosiveness. He averaged six yards a carry last year, averaged 19 yards a catch. He can be a problem. Yeah, and that's something they're going to have to definitely deal with. Uh, the guy that's going to be getting carries alongside him, number 23, Jonathan Hilleman, a graduate trans- graduate student transfer from Boston College, uh, where he ran for he, he ran for almost 700 yards in his uh, red shirt in his last year at uh, Boston College. So, so this is the guy that can make some noise. Could you play four years in college football, go to graduate school, and still play football? If you redshirt. If you, you redshirt at some point. Four. Oh, that's right, that's right. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Looking at defense, defensively is where the Scarlet Knights kind of make their noise. They're one of the better defenses in the in the Big Ten uh, conference. Uh, it's a team that, but I mean, it's hard to say because think about how stacked the Big Ten is. Yeah, uh, the, but they were up there in statistics last season, so uh, they're going to rely on their defense. So if their defense has their way, this could be a low-scoring game because I do think they don't have the offense to move. If Texas State has anything that's a little bit scary, it's that defense. Yeah, the defense looks like everybody's six foot and up. Nobody's below six mm-hmm. foot. That's their requirements to be on the team. I mean, uh, opponents average – I mean, they gave up about 28 uh, points per game, technically 28.3, which ranked – 77th out of 130 so you know a little bit middle of the pack uh defensively while offensively they were down there at the bottom of the barrel with texas state they averaged 18 points per game last year that's 121st out of 130 teams but can't you know with texas state can't say much texas state averaged uh I believe it was 17.3 points per game, which put him at 123rd oh, okay. out of 130. Yeah. Well, last year was – we were still rebuilding. But uh, I am going to take this little wave we have and say that I do believe this is going to be a very defensive game. Because um, our defense, yes, we're more experienced now. We're, we, we are no joke. We are here, everyone. But Rutgers, you know, Big Ten – that 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 conference is known for how physical good ground out. Yeah, defense. their their defensive coordinators in that conference must be like magicians or something. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take a guess. I'm gonna crack at it. I'm gonna go 27-21, Bobcats. You're you're, you're predicting Bobcats wins. So that's interesting. Uh, the over unders recently changed. I don't know if y'all saw this. Mm-hmm. We were like 27 point underdogs, mm-hmm. but over Whoa. the past few weeks, the last one I saw. We were down to one website has us as low as an eight point deficit. Uh, the one of the, the majority you're going to see is going to be twelve to fourteen over unders. Um, well, they're you know they're 
they don't go to Texas State. They haven't done the research as much of a, as us who dedicate all of our lives to it. I'm just kidding. Uh, but they just know what they saw last year, and they know Absolutely. that we're getting better. So they're like, "Yeah, we'll just kick them up." A few well, points, and, and you know? I think I the mean, I think the biggest knock on Rutgers, it's why they dropped so many points, was because they lost nine players to credit card credit card fraud. So yeah, that, that might, had to have been a part of it. Plus, that might help us. I mean, plus they also announced that a true freshman starting at quarterback that doesn't exactly give gamblers a ton of confidence. Um, it'll, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I wanted to throw some big if questions at you guys yeah. for the results of this game. I hate if questions, but they're such good conversation starters. We're going to go through all three of these. And I want to get y'all's opinion. If Texas State wins, wins this game, whether dominantly close, and I know you can say that does make a difference whether they want it close, or I would argue a win is a win at this point for the Bobcats. But if they win the game, how excited are we allowed to get? Because we we can't really tell how good Rutgers actually is. It was kind of the same thing a couple years ago when we beat Ohio. We got really excited, and then we realized Ohio wasn't very good. So They're never very good. You never really know. Uh, what do you guys think? If we win – do we have reason to think, okay, we're better this year? Well, I, I personally believe that's too early to get too excited because I feel like you should take it one game at a time. That's the football mentality yeah. working right there for you. That's a former football player speaking. Right yeah, there. exactly. I mean, you win, it's cool. I to. mean, you can get ex- of course you're going to get excited because you won, but, like, I would still focus. Focus on the next Any game. Any coach right? ever is going to say that. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> Especially, like, college football, I mean, there's a bunch of upsets every year, so you never know. Okay. Yeah. Brennan, what do you think? Me and my roommates had an argument about this last night. Uh, Dominic Ansley and Andrew Zimmel probably sat out in our living room for about 45 minutes arguing about this. Both of them worked KTSW uh, previously. And you know, me and Dominic were kind of leaning t- towards Texas State has a chance. To, we think they have a chance to win this game. We said, you know, we think it's not that impossible. Andrew on the other side thinking we don't really have a chance. If we won this game, we should, you know, freak out. And I agree. I was like, if we win this game, we should be excited because, one, in you know, this is my senior year here, my three years here, I've seen this team win seven football games. So any win is a great win. <laughs> it's true. And no matter how much we keep trying to knock down Rutgers, which, you know, we have been a lot, there's still a power five team, which is something Texas State has never beat before. For sure. So I think if you take all that into accountability that you could beat a power five team, uh, that's winnable, it would signal a lot. And then especially, you know, if you if you pull off this game right here, then you get next week against an FCS team in Texas Southern. You could go from Winning two games, you know, last year and the year before, two and to starting out two and zero this season, mm-hmm. and I think you know, well here confidence boosted exactly. I well, think we had the right to be excited. We ain't the girls' soccer team. We can't just come back in a season like that and go ten <laughs> games straight. We need <laughs> as many wins as possible. Bowl game this year, calling bowl no. game. Oh yeah, no. we need that. We uh, need that. Pure Bernie, and here's why I think we are allowed to get excited if we even lose this game by three points. Okay, let's say we lose on a field goal that they make in the last 30 seconds. I am still excited. Last year, to start the season, we played Houston Baptist. What was the score of that game? We won it. What was the score? Was it like 20, 20, like 20 to 14. 14? I think it was 13. It's some weird something score. like that. If yeah. we can barely – It's 15. If we go from barely beating Houston Baptist a year ago to beating Rutgers, a Power 5 team, whether how bad, no matter how bad they are considered compared to their stuff. conference – that's a big win for me. I mean, that's a big step up. I mean, UTSA was excited when they beat Baylor, and they had the right to last year to be excited. And Baylor, was like, how, oh, and yeah. Baylor won and, like three and, games. And yeah, that, that, no, they were 1-11 last and, year. And that was early, that was early yeah. in the year. Granted, we didn't know Baylor was going to be that bad, but still, you know, you don't take much away from that. They got to go out on, into Waco and beat a Power 5 team. I didn't even know Houston had a Baptist church, much less a school. <laughs> <laughs> 
So. And to the next question, uh, if I'm actually going to jump to the third one. If we just, if they just barely beat us, like I mentioned, by just three points, where they win by a touchdown, uh, does that change? Are you still as excited? I, I still am. I still think. I mean, like I said, you're coming off of where you can barely beat Houston Baptist. You're hanging with the Power Five team. Uh, now, if we get blown out, let's say Andrew threw out a prediction in class today, 38 to 14. Now, that's not necessarily a huge blowout, but it's a pretty comfortable loss, pretty comfortable win for the Scarlet Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, if we lose like that, then what's your mindset? Well, our podcast next week isn't going to be very good. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always good, Peyton. Am I bad? Uh, if they get blown out, it's okay. Just take that negative energy and try to unleash it upon Channel Texas it. Southern. Texas Southern. I mean, yeah, that's where we get to kind of, you know, have it have it both ways. We get blown out. It's like, oh, we're Texas State. Maybe we're supposed to get blown out. We're on the we're on the road. We're on the road. <laughs> I think that's part of the issue. We're in, we're in a di- we're in a different time zone. You know, this is a Power Five school. I got jet lag. You know, we just <laughs> didn't yeah, play different right. weather. Well, they, they have cooler weather up there, so I mean, to get a break from the <laughs> we just start throwing yeah, out all the true. excuses. Yeah, I mean, we just gotta like fill in somehow. As long as they win their first home opener, I'll be okay. Texas. Uh, okay, as long as we put, I, I want to see us put points on the board. The one Power Five school we played last year, Colorado. <laughs> We played last year Colorado. We were at Colorado. We lost that game 37 to 3. We didn't score a touchdown. When we played Arkansas, we didn't score a touchdown. When we played Houston, we did not score a touchdown. I want to see this team score a touchdown against a big name so team. So Brendan, Brendan, <laughs> Brendan's going to be cracking some cold ones as soon as we score a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, guys. You'll um, just hear me. He'll just be over here. Oh, and that's a touchdown. Like <laughs> <laughs> for take a take one for uh school friendly show guys soda. Cold, cold soda to be yeah. fair i started it um so bef- oh is that not what we were talking about in the first place <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the next subject let's get past you know the sodas uh in this room guys we have a a table full of broadcasters uh, of course brendan and i are gonna be doing san marcus brendan's the play-by-play guy because he's more important than me i'm the color guy you two are color for Gonzalez and Blanco. We mentioned Actually, that. Play by play. Play by play. My bad. Uh, we're all more important. It's my mistake. I know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the backup. We're trying to. I love color. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, I'm the host of this podcast. That's the. That's really. That's the big no, win. I'm not gonna lie to you. Wait. I think color is more fun. I'm trying it out. At play yeah, by play. Co- color is really fun. Though. We could have a whole discussion about commentary. I, I think that'd be fascinating. But uh, we'll get to that another day. Um, we're gonna start, Brendan. Kind of in your and I area. We're gonna start with San Marcos football. Uh, they have a big matchup this week with Hayes High School, a team that's traditionally been very good. They had a rough down. They only won four games a year ago, but they did make a playoff game. They have some talent this year. They have some four returners on the O-line. So this is a new head coach, a new head coach who uh, I've heard some good things about. I've talked to him. He's a friendly guy. Uh, this, they have some coaching staff. They have a dual threat quarterback. They're going to run the slot T. It's a preview for them. A lot of just physical grounding it out between the sidelines. Um, it's a big year for the for the Rattlers. They're coming off of a year where they were ten and two, had a great year, uh, but they were in a weaker conference. So now they're now they've moved to a conference where they're playing some big teams. I mean, Smithson Valley, uh, Steele, Judson, Judson, some some big opponents this year, and they need to prove they can still be at that level. Um, we're uh, KDW is, is is very friendly with Coach Mark Soto. He's a he's been very uh, uh, friendly with us over the years, and he's always given you you've been covering the Rattlers It'll for a few a bit years too now. Friendly. He's been. No, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> he is. Uh, he's given you all the access you ever needed, and we thank him for that. You were able to catch up with him uh, earlier this week. I fully believe it was yesterday, um, and had a good conversation with him. Uh, well, what, what was that interview like? 
Yeah, you know, first I kind of started out talking about they lost their offensive line coach, uh, Coach Bruce Webb. He retired. He had been, you know, kind of like the the emotional leader. He, you know, kind of helped a lot of the other coaches get to where they are. So I thought that was a big loss to him. Talk to him about that. You know, then just tech, they lost a lot. You know, they made you know, they won a playoff game last year, one district, first time in 14 years because how experienced their team was. They lost a lot of that experience this year. In high school, you know, you don't really rebuild necessarily. But if there was, you know, okay, I'd rather – if I was Rattlers, I'd rather have last year's team in this conference. Then I this, think it would be a yeah. lot more fun. This year it's going to be a little different because he talks about how uh, offensively, you know, they had a new quarterback. They got two guys kind of battling out in Cameron Verdrine and uh, Garcia. They're going to be battling out. He, the receivers are looking to step up so they don't have to run Jamon Johnson 40 times a game, mm-hmm. which he said they will if they have to. Senior Jamon Johnson, <laughs> he has over 3,000 yards in his career. Ooh. Kind of the – kind of the, we'll yeah, for sure the, the star on the team. And he said, you know, we're running if we have to. Uh, they were gets me in the defense. You lo- they lost all four starting linebackers. They run a 3-4, lost all four. So he said, you know, they got new guys stepping in there. Uh, they have a JV guy who's stepping up. The, the, a couple backups from last year who's taking those roles over. And then – uh, talking about renewing, you know, kind of renewing the rivalry with uh, with Hayes because, you know, Hayes, San Marcos, you know, same county, mm-hmm. kind of play – used to play each other a lot. And then, you know, San Marcos got a lot bigger, got up to 6A. So uh, he was really excited about that and, the you know, renew the rivalry. He thinks it's going to be a nice crowd out there uh, for game night. It'll be fun. We'll be there tomorrow night. Uh, but before we continue to preview this game, let's, uh, let's jump to that interview, Brendan. Yeah, speaking of transition, a lot of – uh, new guys in the defense lose what maybe six or seven starters I believe. Right. What do you guys? Look, who's stepping up? Maybe let's start with that linebacking core. I know it's four new starting linebackers, right? Uh, Kimo Kinnears really stepped Kimo. up for us. Uh, he played a little bit last year in some spot areas, and then we had JV quarter, uh, a linebacker that that played the whole season on JV, and he's really done a good job for us too. So our linebacking core is a little bit thin, but they're all hard workers. They're smart kids, and they pick it up really quick. Also, just go ahead and a little preview for Hayes on Friday. Uh, what are you looking forward out there? What are you expecting them? Yeah, you know, I'm expecting a, a one a great crowd. I think it's neat to renew the rivalry. Uh, coach Goad, a uh, new coach over there, he's got a new system he's uh, putting in, and it looks very similar to Navarro uh, football. Uh, I think it's going to be a ground and pound offense. I think their defense is going to be a pressure defense, and uh, we've got to be able to match physicality with them. I think it's going to be a great start to a new rivalry with Hayes High School. Welcome back to Texas State Spit Talk. I just heard from Coach Mark Soto. Uh, we did not get Peyton's fancy transition noise that Sorry, time. I did not know you <laughs> wanted me to do it. That's what I stared at him for. Yeah, I mean, we I were all knew, waiting for I it. I knew Brendan <laughs> wanted it, but uh, well, it was a patent. Pretty, okay. pretty, okay. <laughs> it's patent. <laughs> it's a pretty good interview there with Coach Soto, giving us a lot of uh, insight on the team. What are some of your biggest takeaways from what he said? Um, I mean, obviously, he mentioned how we're going to renew the rivalry with Hayes. That's going to be a fun game, hopefully a great atmosphere. Cause Hayes High School is, what, 20 minutes up the road. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think, you know, like you said, the crowd, the excitement, you know, it's going to be a lot of people will be able to travel here because even in the district they were in last year, there's a lot of lot more in Austin and stuff like that. So it's a lot harder to travel to those games, whether you're the, the Rattlers going away or teams coming into San Marcos. This one, there's not a lot of reason not to be there. First game of the season, uh, that you know, that fall season. You guys remember high school when when football season mm-hmm. came around. You're you're excited. You want to go oh, out absolutely. there and stuff. So I, th- you know, like I said, it's gonna be a big crowd. He said we're gonna see both quarterbacks, uh, both Vadreen and Garcia. That'll be fun uh, out there on Friday night, depending on the situation. Uh, so just 
I don't know, it's going to be exciting. I, it's just football. I don't, I, I'm, I'm just ready for it. Honestly. <laughs> in, in that beautiful yo, yo stadium. you here announcing 6A high school yeah, football. High school We're over football. here. And now, may, may not even have a table when I show up and whatnot. Like, it's, it's hey, I played 4A high school football. There ain't nothing wrong with it. That's a great. You know, and the thing about Texas football in general, not even high school, college. We're going to talk some college So football. passionate. It is Football's most like dedicated. It's a religion. I mean, yeah. it's the most dedicated. You get sixty million dollar high school stadiums in Texas. You don't get that anywhere else. Nowhere else. <laughs> uh, so, um, it's it's an exciting thing. Uh, looking more at that game, and then we'll let you guys because I, I want to not so much hear a preview of y'all's teams, but so much just get you guys what your guys' thoughts are going into your first broadcasts. But um, before we get to that, I want to preview this game a little bit more. Uh, looking at the Hayes Rebels, they have a pretty good quarterback in Xavier Martinez. He's a dual threat guy, standard about six one. Uh, they are switching to a slot T, which might present a, a challenge for the Rattlers, especially considering they have a brand-new linebacking core because the slot T is, is a very – for those of you that know football, it's a very run-physical defense. I mean, run-physical offense. Everything happens between the hashes. If it is a pass, it's usually a play-action scramble, uh, scrambling out to the right. Um, they have a Division One type center in Brandon Garcia. Uh, they have a – Four returners on the O-line. They have their returning running back. Uh, it's going to be a pretty intriguing week one matchup for San Marcos, and I think it's a good um, like welcome to the season tight matchup. I do think San Marcos is going to win it. I think they have the firepower to do so, um, and they just have the program. This is just a pretty good San Marcos program. Um, not that Hayes isn't a good program. That's not what I'm saying, but uh, Hayes is coming into it. You know, new coach. It's always hard when you have only known the playbook for about three months, whereas the San Marcos guys have been in the system for years. And I think that gives them a, an advantage. Um, what, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts going into this game, knowing what Hayes is going to bring at him uh, and how the San Marcos defense, which is fairly fresh-faced, is going to react? Yeah, well, I think, you know, kind of both teams are going to uh, come in with a lot of new things that we hadn't seen last year. Granted, with Hayes, it's going to be completely new, new coach and all this. I was at the Rattlers practice this week. Watching their offensive sets, I saw some formations I didn't see last year. I saw some plays I was unfamiliar with. I didn't see I didn't see much of the plays I saw last year. It almost seems like you know there's a whole different page in their playbook that they pulled out and that they're working on. Uh, so I think offensively, both teams will be you know different. Uh, I think San Marcos is still gonna be you know, they're gonna be run heavy because they have a, two junior quarterbacks competing mm -hmm. for it. So they're gonna go to the senior running back who has over three thousand yards. Uh, defensively, Duh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <I'm just> <laughs> defensively with those line with the it's going to come down to that linebacking core because last year, that four, the four senior linebackers last year, they could shut down any run. Uh, they had a player in the defensive line, Gabriel, Gabe Eurisha. He's now playing at Hardin-Simmons uh, University. Mm -hmm. So he's, he was a really solid guy. My in hometown. Really uh, solid guy on that defensive line. So I'm going to look forward to see that. What I like they have – at the linebacker spot now, they have a guy, Kimo Canary. Uh, he's a senior now. He got some spot minutes there last year, a lot of special teams. I think he's going to be the leader now kind of of that middle of the defense. And that's what you know. That's what Soto uh, coaches or preaches. You know, defense, defense, defense. They shut out the opponents at home. I believe the first two games of the season, or it was the first six quarters at least last year. Mm -hmm. So they shut out their opponent in the first game, and then the next game they only gave up a field goal. That's what it was. So I think they went like eight. They went like ten quarters before they gave up a touchdown on their home field. Wow. Pretty impressive. A little bit but too impressive. The thing is, they have a whole new staff to work with on that de on that defense and. The strength of the San Marcos defense is going to be the secondary. They, that's where they have the most returners. The thing is, when you're playing this Hayes Rebels team, secondary is not going to get a ton of play. It's going to be that front seven that's going to make or break it on defense, well, and that's where you see a lot of fresh faces. And Well, that's why I like those two safeties in uh, 
Darren Soto and uh, Tashawn Bray Scooter Brown. They're thumpers. They're come down and hit. They're, they're gonna have to be, especially especially Soto. You know, uh, Tashawn Bray. I'll lead more to uh, the center fielder, the athlete. If he gets mm-hmm. a pick, he's taking it back. He returns punts. You know, he, he's the electric guy in the secondary, but he, he's big. He'll come down and hit you too. But Darren Soto, he started last year uh, as a sophomore at that safety spot, mm-hmm. or maybe he's a junior. I might be mistaken that, but. He he lays you know he, he lays it down. He comes in leading with the shoulder. He wants to hit you hard. He wants to make a statement. Tell you this is the my middle of the field. Don't come across it. You get flagged in the NFL for that. Oh, you might. You, put that. <laughs> <laughs> you get flagged in the NFL for sneezing. Yeah, these yeah. days. So okay. I'm, I'm I'm still excited to just see to see the San Marcos defense despite all the new faces. I think you and I are both just itching to get out to that stadium tomorrow and get that game going. We have about 24 uh, hours now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start the clock. Start the countdown. Uh, now, these two guys, these two gentlemen right here, Hello. are doing their first broadcasts uh, this week. Um, they're working for Sun Radio out of Dripping Springs. Uh, Peyton, you're going to be doing Blanco High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, you're going to be doing Gonzalez High School. Yep, we are the Apaches, and we are proud. <laughs> I'm going to root for you every week but one, because Gonzalez High School is playing my alma mater, Hondo High School, so I will be rooting against yep. you then. Um, but... Uh, and I hope you enjoy Hondo, Texas, whenever you go down there. But, uh, guys. I'm sure it's a great place. It's all right. Uh, what are your guys' feelings? What are you guys thinking going into y'all's first, uh, first game? Have y'all done a ton of prep? Are you nervous? Uh, Peyton, what do you think? Definitely nervous. Uh, I've done a little bit of prep. Probably not as much as I probably should. You might want to get to that as soon as we're done I mean, here. No matter how much you do, it's not enough. That's, what it's I, just, that's, that's the business. That's what I'm feeling. And I – it's in you know, uh, and Riley will say this a million times when I joke around about like narrating Madden and stuff. And yes, it does work. It, you can do it, but it is different, and you don't really know until you get there and kind of have to just swim uh, a little bit and jump in the fire. Really, I mean, yeah. So uh, jump in the fire and swim. Once I hit that encode <laughs> button, like it's on. But uh, no, yeah, I'm actually really excited. I've kind of. Uh, I was super scared at first and I like, didn't know if I wanted to do <laughs> it. But after uh, after like recording myself a couple of times, like promos, and uh, I shot an email to the coach. I'm about to call him in the morning. I should have done that like two days ago, but I've been busy. It's uh, all about learning. Yeah. yeah. I think that's some of the things And the thing is, is I business. know that sometimes people even just interview him before the game. Which is definitely an option if you can get a hold of him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm going to call him at like – 8 30 tomorrow morning so we're gonna i would honestly do it before eight because classes start at eight i'm gonna call him around seven yeah, he, oh yeah. i seven. emailed me saying eight to ten. Oh, that works okay so uh, uh well we were rooting for you peyton i think it's it's always fun i mean brendan and i we've I'm had sorry, I wish i could listen in but we'll yeah we, we've had i'll, I'll find the air checks. yeah I'll, you'll, you'll get you oh. brendan and i have had Tell a little bit of experience at this point calling games uh but we remember our first game uh, my first game doing working for i had called games before Never by my, never by myself, never in charge. It was always with my father, uh, who you will meet when you go to Hondo, Mark. He's oh yeah, been the about voice a month from the, now, the twenty eighth of September. He's been the voice of the Hondo Owls for about twenty years. Him and Bobby Ainsley. Uh, but my first game was a soccer game uh, here at, at KTSW. I called Texas State, and I don't remember who they played. It might have been like Georgia State or some. Was our game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was with you. and the team was like they were just physic physically beating up on the Bobcats. They had a bunch of European players. Mm-hmm. Names are hard. Whoa. Yeah, it was you and I. That yeah. was my first game. And I think it was Georgia Southern. Uh, it, it's one of those things, guys, where as soon as you get started, the jitters go away. Uh, but Mark, you got Gonzalez High School. It's a pretty good program. Uh, what are you What are you looking forward to? How are you? Where are your Where's your mindset going into your first broadcast? Well, I'm kind of excited and nervous at the same time. A little neutral. Um, this will be my first time, obviously, and. Uh, 
I did email the coach yesterday, and I got to do a follow-up because I didn't hear back. So hopefully I can – if not, I'll just try to reach out to him by phone, maybe call him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't find a phone number. That's why I went straight email. I, actually, well, Ryan Shu, the director of relations for Sun Radio, uh, gave me a reference of one of the former play callers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spoke to him two days ago, and he gave me all his old interviews with the coach, and he gave me like oh, uh, you lucky. Yeah, he oh, gave I me his interviews. Like he had recordings of his actual uh, play-by-play commentating. So I'm using that as a an example. Practice, to, yeah. yeah, for practice. And I mean, I tried using Madden, but you know, just like they <laughs> said, it's not different. quite the same. Very different. And then it's gonna be see since this is a smaller school, it's gonna be a whole lot different to me because I'm used to six A environment. That's the school I came from with six A. Well, six A now. I mean. 6A didn't exist my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, 5A, very true. Then they, yeah. When they redid we, the divisions. Yeah, yeah. we were 5A. It was 5A division. We were 3A when I, when I went to Hondo. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to just improving. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. Good way to get some experience. So there's that. I wish you guys the best. It's always an exciting time of the year. High school football is back. Football is back in general, guys. Football. Uh, our next topic I'm going to talk about today, uh, college football is back. Texas college football is back. Uh, the Longhorns are firing up. The Aggies are actually playing right this minute you against Northwestern big, University. Big we are going to State, actually take North what? You're talking about A&M, right? Yes. Yeah, they're playing Northwestern State. Northwestern Let State. Let me hop on my high horse for a second. But if you're a college and you literally like nobody else likes your college except <laughs> the people that go to it, there may be a problem. Hey, Peyton, I'm an Aggie fan. I knew yeah. this. Professor Larry Carlson, um, don't, oh be yeah, getting, don't be an Aggie. I'm going to slowly and awkwardly get off them. of my high horse. <laughs> uh, luckily, we're starting with UT. Although I could start with A&M just to you know spite you, but we're going to start. Look, we're just going to give a quick preview of all the teams, and then kind of, kind of, I'm going to ask you guys where Texas State compares to them, just in fans, just in where they're at with their program. Uh, of course, UT has had a couple down years. Uh, they hired former Houston coach Tom Herman, trying to kind of turn that program around. I he's think in, we could beat him. He's in his second. <laughs> he's in his second. <laughs> he's in his second year. Uh, they have a soft uh, junior quarterback now, Sam Ellinger, in his third year. He's from Lake Travis uh, or Westlake. I, I, I didn't see the uh, Westlake. I didn't see that depth chart. Is it, it going to be Ellinger? Or he's number one. Uh, Ellinger is. I the guy's name. Bouchel. It's Ellinger. Ellinger won the number one job. They have a lot of talent all over the field. They've had some really good recruiting classes since Herman came to the university. He's a credited coach. It's one of those teams, he though. Did like a stud, the, stud job at, at Houston. Yeah, he really did. I mean, uh, he had a Heisman candidate, and he, uh, he had Houston in the top ten. I mean, but unheard of. I, we've seen him in the news lately. You guys been seeing that with all the Zach Smith stuff in Ohio oh, State. He's yeah, kind of getting yeah, sucked yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, talking about Tom Herman was the one with him in Florida uh, at, a, a, at a strip club. At a strip club. I don't so know. Yeah, I'm that's, sure if I was that's supposed to say that right now. That's I don't know, off the wall, wouldn't you think? <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of you know kind of keeping an eye on that. Yeah. That's an interesting. There's, there's also rumors that Tom Herman was the one that leaked the information about the Zach Smith stuff. In spite of not getting a recruit, is what I what I was what I read. I feel like. Oh my gosh! He takes us to strip clubs live. <laughs> I'm definitely going to UT. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Longhorns are looking at an interesting season. I'm sure the coaches do way worse things. I'm just because <laughs> your your students by that age are are 21. Yes. Oh, I mean 19 to 20. And I, I mean yes. 19 to 22, uh, pretty much. Yeah. 19 to 22. So um, sometimes older if they're grads. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So and they're just like it, it, if you're a football. Like not even just a star. Like yeah, uh, actually yeah, a football star in college. You don't get to have that time to where, say you're here and you're Willie Jones. You can't just go to the square on a Saturday night. Well, no, you're the 
you're the quarterback. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Like anything could happen. Two, drinking's probably not the best thing for you right now before a game. And three, uh, I don't know. There's a third option there. You can fill it in with a blank. But it's just kind of one of those things that you. So I'm getting off topic because that. Uh, I don't know where you're going with this. I've lost you. Completely. Yeah, I know. I guess Hold in regards on. to coaches doing worse, I know Mike Gundy's not like that. He's one. Well, he's one of the few. Mm-hmm. That's not oh like, yeah, yeah. Not like a secretive, uh, creepy coach. I'll put it that way. And we could we could spend a whole thirty minutes just talking about creepy coaches. Yeah, I'm just I'm can, I'm we t- can we title long. that <laughs> the name of one of our podcasts? Yeah. Creepy, creepy coaches. Tune in next week to spit talk of creepy coaches. We're right talking here. an hour about <laughs> creepy coaches. Stay tuned. We'll do that on uh, on Halloween weekend. How about that? Oh, oh let's do it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to write like 10 uh, Penn State jokes. <laughs> spooky coaches. Oh, I'm going to write like 10 yeah. Penn State jokes for that one. I'm going to do hey, a go Baylor. Ahead. Cool. We can talk about Baylor's uh, flaws too. That's pretty funny. There's going to be so. puns. Moving yeah. on to the Aggies. The Aggies, I am actually <laughs> not very happy with them right now because they, they announced – and when I say not happy, they announced uh, Kellen Mond as the starter, the sophomore – and I really thought Nick Starkle, as a guy who watches a lot of Aggie football, was head and shoulders the better player last year. Uh, so unless Kellen Mond really improved as a sophomore in camp, uh, Kellen Mond's definitely a more athletic guy. He's a dual threat guy. He's like 6'3", out of IMG Academy, four-star, number one dual threat in Texas. Um, but Nick Starkle made every throw you needed him to. The only reason he didn't put up gaudy stats is because he broke his wrist halfway through the year. So and he he threw for like what four hundred yards in the bowl game. I I think Nick Starkle was your better option, um, but I am not an Aggie well, expert. I'm a Bobcat expert. Well, I am an Aggie hater. Uh, I'm, 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 an ex- I'm an expert at that. Uh, you know my, my my college fandom lies in LSU. Uh, L- I, got, LSU. I got no comment on that one. It, my college fandom lies in LSU. They've been A&M like seven straight years now. I have so many friends from my home that go to A&M. I've gone there a couple times to hang out for weekends. Uh, Gross. I've seen. I've been to. An, I went. To, I went to an A&M football game when. Uh, it was Johnny Manziel before Johnny Manziel. It was like the second game of the season against South Carolina State, and you went off in that game for like 400 yards of five touchdowns. It's kind of the first time went, we really went to win saw Heisman he might be year. good. Yeah, yeah. Went, went on to win Heisman that year. But, uh, yeah, I think Starkle, I think he has the higher ceiling, but I also think he has a lower floor. I think you get, you know, you kind of know what you're getting with Mond, and he could give you a little bit more. I, I can see, you know, ever since pretty much Johnny left, uh, A&M's had, that, had a quarterback problem. They keep flip-flopping, you know. Yeah. They get Kyler Murray, he transfers the out. Kyle they, get, they get Kyle Allen, he transfers out. And mm-hmm. then they go back and forth, back and forth. And that's why I, that's why I like Starkle. I think <laughs> Starkle had been the best quarterback they'd had since Johnny, or other than Trevor Knight. Because Trevor Knight was pretty good at but, times. But I kind of feel like who, who, no matter who's out there for A&M, or actually with J- uh, Kevin Sumlin's gone now, but they, they have offense. They're going to score. They're going to put up points. They're going to put up points. Is, you know, the question always is the Aggies of the defense. It, well, they, well, they had a really good defense a year ago. That I mean, with 12 thing. people out there on the field, they <laughs> should be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good one. Uh, the good thing going for the Aggies right now is they currently have the number one class in the nation recruiting wise. Really? Uh, they already have 25 commits. Wow. They wow. are killing it. Uh, they have the number one class and it's not even close. So that's good for them. Uh, moving on to TCU. Uh, TCU. I mean, it seems like, seems like the past few years you have to give credit to the Horned Frogs. They've yeah. they've quietly been the best he, team and the best program like in the state of Texas. Coaster, yeah. It's exactly what I was going yeah. for. I was, I was 2014 was their breakout year, and then ever since then they've, they've been, been pretty solid yeah. for a. Qui- they were in the top ten yeah, what, but all of last season. Any, like, well, they had Trayvon Boykin. Yeah, they they had Trayvon, but they never had anyone that was just Josh Dawson, Cavante Turpin, out, just out of the gate, like top five NFL like prospect kind of thing. Well, Josh uh, Dawson no, was really. a first round pick. Let's give yeah, him Dawson. Okay, yeah. he, no, Do- Josh Dawson was a, yes. a beast to Washington. Yeah. But in the past four years, 
Uh, and, you and, only got one? And, and you're talking about a team who you said 2014 is the breakout year. They went 12-1 yeah. and one that year. They go 11-2 and two in 2015. Mm-hmm. They have a down year in 2016. Yeah. Uh, I think they win like six games, something like that. They still go about 500. 2017, they come back and they go 11-3. and three, And two of those losses were to OU. Lost to OU twice that year, last year. So, you know, and if there's so anything every, uni- yeah. every Texas university can come together yeah. on is we all hate OU. And oh, the goal yeah, is to yeah, beat yeah. them I in mean, Oklahoma I'm, every year. I hate OU too, even though I'm, I'm from Oklahoma. He's Oklahoma <laughs> State. Yeah, he's from Oklahoma so, State. Yeah. He actually might hate OU. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, me and Mark like the two o- OSU teams there are. Uh, <laughs> and like the Mine's mediocre the one. OSU. He's just OSU. <laughs> and yeah, but it's in between, the, not the mediocre Oregon State. I, I just want to say, I don't think I don't think TCU gets nearly enough credit. Uh, no, for sure. I mean, really as it should. Don't. You know, they finish top yeah. three in the Big Twelve every year. I think the best team in Texas. Like they have said. a Hall of Famer. People, people like to argue, it. like, LT. oh, it's the the top team in Texas is between you know Texas and Texas A and M, and TCU has quietly had way more wins in the past and five years. Yeah, you got to give credit I, so I went to Gary Patterson. A, I went to a TCU game last year, and they played West Virginia. That was a fun game, and mm-hmm. you know. People thought that was the you know West Virginia was kind of ha- gonna have a big year. They mm-hmm. thought they had a chance in the Big Twelve last year. TCU went down early, was like I think I want to say like fourteen three something like that. And boom, they come marching back with some mm-hmm. cool trick plays. I saw Kenny Hill catch a touchdown. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny <Yeah>. Trill, <laughs> I hated him at A and M. Yeah, I also went to a TCU game. Well, four years ago, my sister used to go to there, and uh, they played Oklahoma. That was the year that that was their breakout season, mm-hmm. and Oklahoma was actually ranked number two in the nation at the time, and TCU was probably in I say between. They're probably ranked number twelve or thirteen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, TCU won that game. It was pretty, it was pretty good. And that's, the, that was Trevor Knight's last season. I went yeah. to the TCU Texas Tech game, uh, my freshman year, which so in twenty fifteen, um, with Patty Mahomes. Patty, yeah, that was his. That was the his savior in Kansas was, City. Yeah, dude, he's he's <laughs> the savior. He was the savior. Of Lubbock also. Um, he saved Cliff Kingsbury's job. Oh, <laughs> he, he, did. he really <laughs> did, and now it's up for auction again. But uh, like keeping it going, that game was probably the best game I've ever seen, ever. It went into overtime. They Patty was, Mahomes was, threw like was an. It, was that the game the tip pass? In yes, the end zone? It, yeah, the yeah. Running back caught it. Yeah, uh, it's the, the one green. where he uh, this yeah, one yeah, dude yeah. got tackled on the three yard line. If they would have scored on that, play, it was the final play of the game. Three yard line. If he would have got three yards further, they would have beaten TCU and it, like not even just TCU, like a prime TCU. And that's when Texas Tech like should have been good. That's when uh, <laughs> Patty Mahomes set the NCAA f- uh, record for most uh, or total yards so in I the believe, game. I believe Baker Mayfield was a Red Raider at the time. No, like no, no, no. He oh, no, played no, against no. Baker Mayfield. He was playing for Oklahoma in 2015. Mm-hmm. Oh, was he back yeah. then? He He's been there played, for so long. It was Patty I feel Mahomes. like Baker Mayfield was in college football for like eight years. Oh, no. He was there from 2013 through last year. It was <laughs> Patty Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield uh, showdown. with, And it was the score was like 54 to like 51 or something. It was a good it was, game. It was yeah. a crazy game, yeah. So we're all in agreement that TCU is kind of the top dog in Texas right now as far as football goes. Yeah, they are. All right. Let's shoot through the last two. Texas Tech, you just mentioned them. We don't really know where they're at. I think uh, their tatted-up quarterback is going to be coming back for them. I forget his name. They did lose time. a receiver, though. They did lose a starting receiver uh, about a month ago. Yeah, so they are uh, kind of – Red Raiders Ra- 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 are kind of in limbo. I don't really I, know. I, yeah, they lost I, a I, I hope they come out and Furquan compete. Though. It'll we'll make, it just year. makes football more interesting when I will say, they're good. My, my roommate Parker and I will be, be at the Texas Tech versus Ole Miss game this weekend in Energy Stadium, so oh, that's going to yeah. be a blast. Maybe I'll get a good look uh, Texas at Texas Tech is actually the favorite. 
Are they really? Yeah, they Ole are. Miss is an interesting team. Uh, they're they're kind of been up and down. Chad Kelly. Uh, I Miss. have a lot of friends that go to Tech, and a lot of them they keep telling me they're all they're all pretty much done with Cliff, unless we're one of the females who are in love with him because of his looks. Most of them football. He's a stud, but most of them football wise, they're kind of done with him. They wanted him out last year, so Dude, he's they on a hot seat this year. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, definitely yeah. a king. Like, and of course, if they don't perform. And the last team we're going to talk about before we get on to the NFL talk uh, is the uh, guys. Who? Uh, they who must not be named up the road on I-35, the Roadrunners. Uh, you just named them. It'll be, it'll be a big year. <laughs> yeah, right. I kind of had to so that, so that I could t- tell the audience who we're talking about. The yep. Roadrunners are coming off of a year where they had a first-round pick. They made the first bowl game. Uh, it's a big year for them. They were eligible for bowl game. They didn't make it. They have a, a pretty, good, pretty good defense. They have a leading linebacker, and y'all can go ahead and try to say his name. He has a very interesting name, uh, but he was a All-American last year. He was a really good linebacker. They have. I want to hear uh, you butcher it. I'd have to pull it up. Come on. <laughs> they have. <laughs> they had a first-round pick last year at Marcus Davenport. It. They're having to replace that. So it's going to be an interesting year for them. They absolutely dominated Bobcats last year. I believe they're bringing back their quarterback. I think most of their team's going back. From that it's, it's, a very, it's a pretty good all, core. Yeah, they have a tough schedule these first few games. Well, here's yeah. the thing that I want to mention. I don't so much want to talk about the Roadrunners. I want to talk it. about the game between Texas State and UTSA. Uh, at media day, they asked Tyler Watts what game he was looking forward to the most. And he was very quick to say the UTSA game. I'm embarrassed by how they beat us last year. I want to get them back this year. I think that game might be interesting. And the reason I say that is not because I think Texas State's good or UTSA's bad. I think it's an issue. It's one of those situations where you have this rivalry, right? And no matter if this team is 12 and 0 and this team is 0 and 12, it's going to be competitive because they're big rivals. It's a rival. I think it's one of those situations. I think the Bobcats are not only disappointed with how last season went. They're embarrassed with how they performed against the Roadrunners a year ago, where they just absolutely dominated them in the second half of the game. It was a decent game at half. I don't know if y'all remember. It was a weird game. In the second half, UTSA just put the put the whooping on the box. I also remember yeah. it being it. very bright. That and we had very, very high hopes of an actual good game. Yeah. Because it was one time, uh, getting to another time, our school promoted it. We oh, yeah. <laughs> it was oh, yeah. The, we had yeah. the big sponsored by ATB. Yeah. I had to steal oh, it from Riley for a second. Let me, let me try and say this guy's name right here. Yeah, this is their star linebacker. Star linebacker, Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold up, hold up. Josiah Tawafa. 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 I don't know. We'll have I'm to just look gonna it spell up. it out yeah, for you. It's a capital T A U A E F A. If you would like to correct us, just uh, tweet at us. He had over 130 tackles a year ago. He was a beast. So uh, we'll beast. see what he does. Um, moving on to some NFL talk, we're getting close to the end of the show, guys. Uh, but I, I added some 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 juicy morsels for some you Brown guys Town. for you guys to uh, to uh, think about, <laughs> and maybe even let's get in a fist fight or something. I don't know. Let's make it interesting. The Browns just started. By Will the Cleveland Browns be the worst team in the NFL this season? Let's no. hope not. I, I say no. I think they're a five to six win team. I mean, the more you Have look you at that roster, the Dolphins. The more you look at. The <laughs> <laughs> the, the, or the Jets. I mean, the more you look at that roster, um, the more I'm like, man, they might actually be good. They have a decent O-line. They have a pretty good linebacking core, even without mm-hmm. Cheater Michael Kendricks. Uh, I mean, they have Jamie Collins in there. Uh, they have a pretty good – their defensive line is a chance to be deadly. Their you, you the defensive line is my you, favorite part of the whole you, team. You have Miles Garrett and then uh, – what is the Who's finally going to like do some oh, action. He's been healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he just needed to get healthy. healthy. Uh, he had two sacks – Three, four tackles in his preseason debut uh, a couple weeks yeah, ago. They so have a Emmanuel Ogba on the other side who's nothing yeah, to spit he's, at. He's good no, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
they have a pretty good cor- cornerback core. It's just improved. If they made some Denzel Wards in Denzel there now, Ward. looking to be well, number one. Like Saquon, well, that's Saquon Barkley. I was saying like the first game, Saquon Barkley made uh, Emmanuel Ogba look pretty bad. But I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he's going to make also Saquon He had Barkley. one the first run. play of yeah. the first game of the preseason, and literally he <laughs> ran for like. Four yards exactly. after that. I mean, they, they already had a hint. They already had a hint that he was going to be their starting running back. So. The offense, whether Taylor's there or Mayfield's there, is going to at least be productive. I mean, how yeah. can you not? Wide receiving core is amazing. I mean, you have you Carlos have Hyde at running Carlos back. Hyde. Duke Johnson is backing him up. You got David Nyoku at tight end. Who is uh, actually you have Jarvis Landry, legal. Josh Gordon. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty good core to just at least win six games, right? Yeah, I don't, Corey I don't Coleman is the third. Coleman's not no, there he's, anymore. Oh, he's, he's not. In, oh, yeah, he, he just in, got dropped. He is uh, in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. Who will probably have the best, worst record in the league. I believe Higgins, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Cameron Higgins is the number three in Cleveland, at wide receiver. So, okay. um, so they do have a drop-off there. Let's hope it's Dez. <laughs> <laughs> Dez has already turned down a contract from them. He so. did. Yeah. Uh, and then that brings me to my Which next question. But so let, let's let's uh, stick with it. Will they be the worst? How good will they be? I think they're a six to seven win team. Personally, maybe even eight. You, I don't know. You heard At my best, prediction last podcast. Best case on, scenario. So I say they have a losing record, but like not maybe by one. Okay. I said they're going to yeah. be the second best. So you think they're seven and nine in their yeah, conference? Like you guys are kind of giving a little too much credit to them. They they win four, maybe five. They 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 win less last second year. Second best <laughs> team in so their. You know, I I don't think they finish better. Than the, I don't think they finish better than the Ravens. Maybe they can finish better than the Bengals. They don't Dude, finish the better. Ravens than the Ravens. Are Ravens have elite Joe Flacco. They're not going to play their the Ravens. Big facts. Uh, Joe Flacco has as many rings as Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's elite. Too. He's, he's not elite at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> did you see that uh, they're about to drop um, RG three? He's about yeah, to just we all knew it was going to happen. Hey, yeah, they have Lamar I mean, Jackson. I mean, yeah. I honestly thought they would try and give it to somebody, but RG3 for the first no, time. No, that's RG3. What are th- they going to th- give th- for I him? know, for the yeah. first Cracker? time. <laughs> and not for the first time ever, but, like, in a while that uh, – actually, now this happened with Vince Young. My bad. Uh, shout out to the boy Vince. But, like, uh, here it is, a Heisman-winning quarterback who came into the league actually very star-studded. I think Lamar Jackson's going to follow his footsteps a little bit. But um, and now he just fall- fell off. I mean, yes, he's injury prone. He's been injured, that's the, and that's he's like the that's Derek what, that's Rose what him off of the I mean, You could put Sam yeah. Bradford close to that category. So yeah, uh, you really could. Yeah. The leader of that category is Johnny Menzel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. by far, that's not even a, not even a comparison. Remember Tim Tebow? Because Tim Tebow won a playoff game. He so. didn't even. Did Johnny Menzel? Okay. Even get real playing time. Uh, in Cleveland, he was given the starting job. Oh, that's he oh, just yeah. wasted it away because he partied too much. Uh, yeah. Okay, next question in the NFL. We're staying in the NFL. Better team in the state of Texas? Is it the Dallas Cowboys or is it the Houston Texans? If anyone believes it's the Texans, I'm gonna have a big problem. <laughs> Go uh, talk to Parker Ray. I have already. He's uh, been he's been living in the apartment with me for three weeks, and we've already argued over this at least eight times. He he's convinced that it's not so much that he thinks Houston's good. He thinks Dallas is gonna be terrible. Making like, it to where it's like, you know, like you like Dallas, you like Houston. I don't like any Texas team, so I feel like you know I a little bit more. Neutral, centered, neutral. Yeah, I don't even have a favorite. Obviously, you're gonna sit here and say, yeah. "Brennan." Sorry, I forgot we're on this podcast. Brennan's gonna sit here and say, "Dallas all day, baby." But, but okay. <laughs> Zeke the freak, <laughs> no. and then Reed is gonna come in and be like, "Bro, Deshaun okay. is going up, to baby. be the number one Hopkins. quarterback this year." It, literally, you're just gonna start calling the team Deshaun Hopkins because it just Literally, sounds yeah. good. Um, Deshaun Hopkins. Deshaun Hopkins. Uh, well, one Peyton real quick. Houston is probably going to go farther. Reed? One is a Cowboy fan. I'm a Cowboys I, fan. 
He's a Houston Astros fan. I'm an Astros fan, fan, but I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh. So here, here's okay. So okay, none of your teams make sense. You like the Cowgirls, <laughs> but you also like the uh, the Aggies. Sorry, I almost said something else. Um, and uh, the. <laughs> And, but then you also like the Astros as a baseball team. It sounds like you're bandwagoning a little bit over here. Oh, Reed. don't even start. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider that a bandwagon. It's all Texas teams. So I've been an Aggie since I was three. Okay, I was an Astros fan when Brett Wallace was our best player. I wish I knew who that was. Exactly, <laughs> Brian Bogusevic. You could name a player. Tommy on, Manzella. I guarantee you can play. Kaz Matt Sui. Name a player that's playing there currently, and I still probably might not know them. Uh, I guarantee you. I bet you don't know who <laughs> Tyler White is. No. He had the walk-off home run yesterday against the A's. Wow. Moving on. I don't know why you had to attack me all of a sudden, Peyton. Okay, oh, wait, my bad. Wait, let, me, let me give a quick reasoning real quick. Cowboys are going to be the better team. They have been the past few years. They go 13-3. and three. They have the most wins in the NFL over the past uh, three seasons. NFC. NFC. In, yeah. yeah, NFC. The yeah. Cowgirls? Yeah. Most wins in the NFC over the past two seasons. They went thirteen and three. Dak's first year. They go nine and seven they go last year. And three so year, and they were they, they were injury and torn apart years. last year, and they still managed to be nine and seven. Didn't have, didn't have Zeke and no Zeke. Injured. Didn't well, have. Let's be honest. They didn't have Dez. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Like I've never like these past Dez three years. I haven't seen. Years. I've never before seen this many Cowboy fans these past three years. Like before that, where were they? I was here. I was born. Bum bum. I was born in Carrollton, Dallas. But. I got respect the, the, for y'all the, being the, there. The big, the big knock on Dallas right now is they don't have receivers. Are you kidding me? That's the knock. I need receivers to win championships now. G- Cowboys defensive line looks right, better I mean, right now. You saw how that worked out with Matt Ryan. <laughs> here's here's how I go yeah. about it. How do you tell me that the team that has uh, two rookie of the year candidates on their team from they have that all, that one of them won the rookie year, one of them finished second, the best offensive lineman in football, uh, the best running back in football. The reigning I would defensive say the best the slot r- wide receiver. In football. You could argue yeah, that yeah, yeah, the reigning defensive player of the year, a secondary that if you talk to any media outlet says was improved last year with a bunch of young guys who keep getting better, um, a revamped young athletic linebacking core with two first round talents. How do you tell me that they're going to get worse? That's they're not. just beyond dumb. And I mean, people that say, "Oh, Giants are going to win," that are going to get second in that division. What? No, I don't. I don't see that. Saquon's going to be the biggest bust I think the NFL's seen. And so, well, Parker, and I, I'm going to come at Parker here. <laughs> Parker and I are starting our own podcast, and we will yell at each other over this as well. But I'm going to take a shot at him right here. And and his whole argument, and, and to, to defend him, he does not say Dallas is going to be terrible. That's not what he's saying. He says we're going to struggle at wide receiver because we just don't have any playmakers there. You the Patriots. We don't have a number one spot. <laughs> well, and, and I and I made that same point, and he retaliated, say, "Well, they have Tom Brady, which is a fair, uh, which is a fair counterpoint. It's Tom Brady; he can make anybody look good, um, except his wife." <laughs> <laughs> you always throw these hot ones in there, dude. I love these yeah. hot takes. But, uh, he loves him, honestly. But you have to keep in mind that Alan Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson. Is it Hearns? It's Hearns. Hearns. Alan Hearns hasn't a thousand yard season under his belt. He's a six foot three guy who ran a four four at the combine. They have Tavon Austin, who's a speed demon. Cole Beasley's the best slot receiver you could argue in the league. Ter- Terrence Williams has been there for a while. Terrence Williams, Terrence Williams averages eight hundred yards a season if he if he doesn't get suspended for. Yeah, but I feel like did. Tavon Austin kind of lost his touch a little bit. It's because he was and in a terrible Zeke. system. They yeah. weren't they weren't giving him touches. We're forgetting about <laughs> you have Ezekiel Elliott. He's gonna sh- he's been gone for so long. I I haven't even seen him run. I've he doesn't play the preseason. What's amazing is, yes, I don't like the Cowgirls, but I love Ezekiel Elliott. Because you're from Ohio State. Ohio State. State also, baby. you also have to mention, all and we've heard like is such a good and efficient runner. All we've heard is is good things about Michael Gallup, the rookie out of Colorado State. I mean, this dude, the thing that they said he was good at was going up and getting the ball. That's what he was good at, winning those ball-in-the-air battles. 
He's a deep guy right now. Yeah, and that's exactly what he's going to be. He has a chance to be a number one type guy. I don't I, – I just – the argument that Dallas is going to struggle at wide receiver is just dumb to me. I mean, sure. I mean, sure. They don't this have big is, names wide receivers, like, but that's going to hurt that much. Let's just wait and see. I feel, like, I feel like they could surprise everybody. You never know. Yeah. All right. Well, we're actually coming close at the end of the show, guys. I think it's been two hours. We, we're we're <laughs> pretty close to over. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys. Man. Let's get y'all guys really quick thought. Let's just knock this out real quick, and then we'll end the show. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, Odell Beckham contract, ninety-five million over a couple years. Aaron Rodgers signs a huge extension. Uh, quick, quick take reaction, uh, Brendan. They deserve both of them. Deserve it. Okay, Mark. I believe they both deserve it too. Okay, uh, Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm about to say. Okay. Uh, Aaron Rodgers deserves it. I don't think you can argue that. Uh, my thoughts. <laughs> I will My thoughts. My thoughts. Uh, it's hard to argue paying Odell Beckham that. I mean, personally, I'm not all for Not that much. But at the same time, like he's when he's healthy, he's the best receiver in the league, or at least up there. Um, Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the league. By far. By far. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Uh, Maybe of all down. time coming up. Uh, Tom Brady. He's the most. Ta- he's the most talented quarterback. Most time. talented quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen anybody. I don't know about best of all time. Marys <laughs> with that many completions. His <laughs> completion percentage for Hail Marys is out. And his big time plays is r- is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I, ho- I hope listeners out there quick, enjoyed. This, sh- this show just looked out of sync without Riley. Not out of sync. Just without Riley. Different vibe. Felt, felt weird. Miss you, Riley. He's at the volleyball game. Calling it right now. Calling it right now. Uh, it was a little bit more sponsored by H-E-B. Texas State Volleyball <laughs> looking. <laughs> we are not sponsored by H-E-B. Yeah, right. They're going to hear this and be like, wait a second. Do we actually put money to this podcast? <laughs> we had a fun, loose show today, guys. Um, if you disagreed with uh, anything that any of us said, Peyton. Uh, well, Peyton, too bad. Peyton, what's your Twitter handle? Twitter handle? Okay. It's just, get, people it's just at Peyton J. Hill. No underscores or anything like that. So <laughs> tweet at me with your thoughts. and cons- Actually, don't tweet. You can DM me. I'll respond. Um, uh, go, go go fight with Peyton on Twitter. You can, you can go fight with me. Or you can follow us at KTSW Sports. Bobcat Radio starts this week. Make sure you listen to that. That starts tomorrow uh, at, at 11 o'clock. It'll be 11 to 11.30. Great interviews. Uh, great content there as well. Uh, normally, it'd be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We will not have an episode Monday because of Labor Day. Um, but my, but other than next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 11, tune in for Bobcat Radio. And, of course, Texas State Spit Talk will come out every week at Friday at noon. Um, thank you all for listening and hope to he- see you all again next week.